You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily fantasy football podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Several articles up there now, including a look at the updated rookie rankings, the sleeper running backs that you should be targeting here in your 2020 fantasy football drafts, and I also have a piece there about snake draft strategy. That's the Traditional way we pick players uh, from round to round here uh, and uh, how to uh, dominate your snake draft there. So draft strategy tips that I like to follow. Updated a little bit every year depending on the changing landscape of fantasy football. So that's what we're going to talk about here on today's show to close the week. We're going to dive into the strategy session and then uh, we're going to open up our mock drafting here. We're going to do slow play mock draft as promised. So we're going to look at the first round. We'll take our time here with the first 12 picks overall, where you should be heading. For our purposes, we'll use half-point PPR, split the difference between standard and full PPR to give you a good indication there where we're going. So that should be exciting. Uh, we'll get some overall strategy and overall specifics as well, applying them to 2020. First, got to tell you before we get into that to good mock draft and strategy session, that this episode of Locked On Fantasy Football is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com, use the promo code Locked On, you'll get ten dollars off your next order. All right, so let's uh, go through my uh, rules of the road here, and then we'll uh, get into our picks there. How we see the top twelve going around the f- first round half point PPR leagues in standard sizes here so we'll do that but first we got to look at uh, how these drafts go down and uh, we know we're going to be pointing a good chunk of them virtually more than ever this year so that's uh, one thing you have to be prepared and uh, ready to go here and uh, you can uh, first start by getting together a five round plan now when you think about the five round plan that takes you through the first 60 overall picks here and we know that your pick is going to vary from round to round but you have to kind of know what kind of a team that you could construct here over the course of the first five rounds because people are so obsessed with that first round pick in fantasy football what the lottery position and you get there but we know you might be slotted into a player just the way things go that uh, there are tiers, there's obvious guys that stand apart, the elite studs, and you don't have to worry about those guys in general, that you should end up with a pretty darn good pick and a player that's going to perform well. Really, the concern is building a core of these players with your top five picks, because how I look at it is that's half of your starting lineup. If you've got those guys nailed down and you look at the team that comes together and not just one guy that's going to carry your team, then you're in great shape because that's literally half the battle of your lineups every week. Even if you're you're using a flex and a kicker and all that, you've still got five spots you're considering here. So 
Best way to get into that is to do a lot of mock drafts online and to kind of understand what kind of player values are going to bounce you once you know your draft position from round to round and see what kind of players you can get. So you might uh, see that uh, your position leans towards uh, going wide receiver early. And then you look at how you can match the good running back value with him, get another wide receiver that can overachieve, figure out if you want to go to tight end early, see if a quarterback might be a value depending on uh, who's slipping a little bit. So again, have that five-round plan. And again, these are all going to be core starters for your team. They're not guys that you're thinking about for the bench or anything like that. You want to make sure you have a, a good combination of running backs, wide receivers, and then you better have a bit of flexibility there because you could end up with three running backs and a wide receiver in some combination I think those have to be your four picks and then uh, the fifth pick I think you really think about the BPA there best player available a quarterback or tight end that you may not expect drops a little and you can go in that direction so that's why it's important to have five rounds in mind and not just the first round early things start to become kind of all over the board once you get past five round as well. The teams and managers are pretty close to the vest and like to kind of follow the rankings a little bit more. So you won't have too much deviation from what you might see on the cheat sheet. But after that, it's kind of a little bit free form, free for all, where you might like a player a lot more than somebody else. And the rankings are kind of irrelevant at that point. But they do have some meaning as well as a average draft position early. So Really be prepared for what kind of team you could have. And you might go in at one point saying, okay, looks like I'm going to get a couple wide receivers back to back. But then someone might drop and you might go running back and then you have to adjust your plan. So not only do you have to come in prepared with the plan, but realize that there's different ways they can go. So that's why it's good to participate in mock drafts because then you can kind of see how different teams could line up. And you can have success with completely different teams. You could have... Great success if you start RBRB right away. You could have success if you have wide receiver, wide receiver all the way. It's all about getting players that are going to exceed their expectations and their value. Now, with running backs, however, you do want to consider taking running backs early because you look at it, there's a lot of guys, especially in this half-point PPR format or leaning toward PPR, that are going to have some big value. Backs are back, so to speak. I mean, you look at the top six picks in half-point PPR, only Michael Thomas is a non-running back at wide receiver. You creep in in the back half of the first round, you can think a little bit more about wide receivers, but remember all those theories about zero RB early. You can't do that if you're in the first half of the first round. I mean, you just have a, too much of a stud there. So to say that, okay, we're going to pass on running back, well... What it is, is there's a cluster of elite backs that are going to see massive touches. Then you have a drop-off there. I would say it comes around to me where the value might change. Uh, around RB11 there, where you have a different committee backs. Uh, I think it goes a little deeper than that this year. That Typically RB11, but now I think you can go well in uh, to RB2s and get some good value with volume. So... That said, you still want to invest one of these backs early because uh, there's just a uh, drop-off that's coming. You know when it comes. Uh, if you look at the rankings, you kind of look at that James Conner, Melvin Gordon situation. So late in the RB2s, 
that's where the drop off. You don't want to get stuck with one of those guys as your lead back. So that's why as much as possible in your reasonable draft position, think about running backs and uh, really it's running back should be the theme of your entire draft because that's where we have the most certain value early, but also the best values later where you can uh, have guys emerge and uh, what you see is what you get plug in. And that's why it's good to have as much running back depth as possible once you start getting them early. I also believe in getting one elite wide receiver early, and that's a guy that I would say is in the top 15, top 20. Uh, here the drop-off to me is around uh, number 18 as well with uh, Cooper Cup. So it seems very similar there, 18 or 19. Keep in mind, uh, you may not have these type of picks. So that uh, if you're picking at the turn, then you're in great shape. Then you'll definitely get uh, the 12th and 13th player off the board there. But I, I think you just want to kind of, again, plot out who's going to be available later through your first three rounds and kind of uh, see where the best values are, where the drop-off might be in the tier, where you're going to hit it first at running back or wide receiver, depending on all the other p picks shaking out. But it's nice to mix in that elite wide receiver and sometimes that means uh, going into an RB wide receiver plan that might be going RB RB and trying to sneak in that wide receiver with the third round. Now the tight end part is a little tricky here as well to uh, go in that direction because and that's a bit of a luxury pick you have to see the opportunity cost. Now say you're interested in saying okay I have to have Travis Kelsey or George Kittle. Now is Travis Kelsey worth it to you to take over uh, Josh Jacobs? in this type of format or Chris Godwin. I don't know about that. That might be too high of a price there for you, but would Travis Kelsey have some appeal versus a Nick Chubb who's going to have to split some time there and not be the key receiving back for the Browns? That's that's a question you have to make especially in a half point or full point PPR league. So, those are tough decisions, but again, that's the opportunity cost. Do you feel confident in yourself getting a good tight end later? Or do you think maybe George Kittle might drop to the next round and you kind of sneak in and get him? So you kind of have to weigh the positional runs and tiers to uh, kind of really plot out what you might get over the first five rounds. And last tip we'll talk about here before we uh, take our first break is quarterback. Now, it's all about getting quarterbacks that are going to exceed their value. At this point in these half-point PPR formats. The first quarterback that pops up is number 25, Patrick Mahomes. He's 17th in ADP, however, so we know that someone's going to aggressively take Patrick Mahomes in the second round in most drafts, but then you could get to this wise draft where a lot of people pass on Mahomes knowing that, okay, we're going to get a look for QB value. If he's there into the third round, then all of a sudden Patrick Mahomes becomes a terrific value and you should target him because he's going to exceed potentially that number. Lamar Jackson right now, ADP of 19, he's going 27. So basically Mahomes and Jackson are interchangeable in that top tier. Now again, you may say, I'm not doing anything with taking a quarterback early, but Mahomes and Jackson can develop into those values as well, depending on your league. But typically with leagues, uh, we know that Mahomes and Jackson go way higher than where the experts rank them. That's just the way it is. You might see one or both of them go in the first round. So where do you see the next quarterback? It's Dak Prescott. He is a QB3. He was actually the second scorer in terms of durability. He played all the games. That's what helped him 
finished behind Lamar Jackson last year. He's going 47th at 56. So really, if those values don't line up, then you can just wait and get those good values. And they really start to stack up there in that range after you get to to the mid-50s in the rankings. You have Kyler Murray you can look at there, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson. So the rankings and values say that it's better off not taking Mahomes and Watson if there, or Mahomes and Jackson if there's a reasonable alternative like Watson, Wilson, and Murray and Prescott a few rounds later, where you don't lose too much a quarterback, but you may gain a lot versus a getting a guy like say you don't want T. Y. Hilton or you're worried about Stefan Diggs or Kareem Hunt has a limited role. Well, you don't have to take those players. You can take that quarterback instead. Well, with uh, Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson you're going to be passing up on an elite uh, wide receiver one, a top-level RB2. Is it really worth it if those positions start to dry up? Yeah, you got the quarterback advantage, but he has to be head and shoulders above the next guy. And we know that doesn't always play out. We saw that with Mahomes last year. Everyone took him consensus number one. Well, you missed a little time. He ended up three or four. So it's always going to be a different value than expected for your quarterback, either higher or lower, and you have to take advantage of that to find the values. All right, so that's uh, my early tips there at uh, figuring out uh, your draft plan for a 12-team snake draft. We'll get into a few more in a moment, but first got to tell you more about Built Bars. Built Bar simply is the best-tasting protein bar ever. Built Bar is new and improved and even delicious-er. We know that's not a word, but we know it's something that we have to use to describe the new Built Bars here with the six flavors. They've added caramel, brownie, cookies, and cream, cherry, barcia, which is always fun, lemon, almond, cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisps. Yeah, these sound like desserts, and that's how good Built Bars taste. They're all covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. It's like having a special treat, but also getting something that's good for you here to power you through the day with the great protein. Built Bar is great for any health-conscious guy or gal, you can lose or maintain weight while indulging in something scrumptious here. All the bars from Built Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. Great for those of you uh, going keto with your diet here. Uh, just take their cookies and cream, 17 grams protein, 130 calories only, 4 grams sugar, 4 grams net carbs. That's awesome, and uh, it tastes great there for you. And believe me, once you get your first pack of Built Bars, uh, I got mine very early here. Uh, I couldn't uh, think about other protein bars. It's just simply the best protein bar you'll find out there, the best tasting, that's for sure. Now, with Built Bar, you can get free cooler with a purchase while supplies last. So check that out. And also, uh, a better news for you here, go to Built Bar and use promo code Locked On. You'll get $10 off your next order there. Again, that's the promo code locked on. Use it for $10 off builtbar.com. We'll be right back here to uh, finish a look at the rest of my strategy tips for your 2020 12 team half PPR snake draft. All right, uh, let's uh, continue the deep dive into my strategy. And this, we go from a position specific considerations here for your five round plan of attack. Make sure that you're thinking about investing in running back and wide receiver first. Find that value quarterback. Know that if a tight end can produce like a running back or wide receiver, he is worth taking high. 
So it ties into the next rule here. Know why you're taking a player. This is funny that it's this simple, but sometimes you take a player and, okay, they're on the rankings and this is the guy I'm supposed to take, but how does he fit in with the rest of the team? Is he balancing it out? Is he a high upside guy that balances out somebody that you know what value you're going to get? Does he kind of uh, complement what else you've drafted here? So you have to know, why am I taking him and am I excited about taking him? Just don't take some guy in the rankings and say, okay, he's good to go here and because uh, this is where he's supposed to finish. No. If you like a guy and say, you know what, I have a gut feeling about this guy. I have some good statistical evidence to point it out. I'm scouting that this guy's going to be special and outdo what everyone thinks he's going to do. Then go for it. Just know your guys, what that person's role is going to be on the team. That takes a little bit more research. You don't have to do it all yourself. You can uh, check out sportingnews.com, other sites to uh, really uh, dive into that and really learn there what exactly type of value potentially you're getting in a particular player and the other thing is uh, don't just go down the list with the rankings and that's uh, part of the this know why you're taking a player is that uh, why do you uh, just want to brainlessly just go down you want some advice and you want to read all the sites you can gather the most information but there's such a thing as uh, too much information you can have some overload you can think things too much you can think things too little as well so kind of uh make your own rankings a little bit maybe highlight some guys that okay if i have to reach two or three picks i don't think it's a reach because i think he's going to be a great player then go for that so all things you have to consider here when you're looking at the rankings and uh, working through uh, the top 60 and beyond when you're picking just don't make sure or don't think about what other people are doing make sure you're doing what you need to do here and if someone says okay i'm going to take a tight end don't all of a sudden i'm going to take a tight end too or if someone says i better take this running back don't react and take the running back there so be your own drafter again use as much outside advice as you can but remember these guys and gals are your competitors here in the draft so you don't want to kind of fall in line with what they're doing i've seen people kind of react to someone else's line of thinking and suddenly change their best laid plans here and rankings and research and go off that and off script and usually doesn't work in your favor. So again, do what you need to do, but don't be influenced by other picks. This is an interesting one that I think happens a lot. I used to care a lot about this. I'd be like, are my guys off all in the same week? What am I worried about here? I simply don't worry about bye weeks as much as other people do. And this is important because you want to have the most talented team that's going to get you the most points over the course of most weeks. Now, with the exception of making sure if you're going to draft a second quarterback, you need to back up behind a guy you're regularly going to start. Make sure that guy's not on the same bye week where it's kind of pointless that you'll probably never start that second guy unless there's an injury. So if there is a good value in the bye week and it's a different one from your quarterback, that's the only thing you need Make sure of uh, you probably do that to some degree at tight end, but usually you wait to find your uh, fill-in tight end later in the process as well. So that's a thing that you have to kind of uh, monitor here with this. So um, overall, I think uh, uh, with the bye weeks, uh, just make sure that uh, you're just getting the best player values beyond a quarterback here with your running backs, wide receivers, all that good stuff. So 
you might have one week in the end where a lot of guys aren't by, but that's fine. You can navigate through that if you need to and figure things out. But on the flip side of this, that means you're going to be pretty loaded for the rest of the time and have few bi-week concerns the rest of the way. So there's a benefit to that as well. So again, don't worry too much about it. Just get the players that can help you win the most by scoring the most fantasy points in 2020. Defenses, uh, it's pretty easy to me. Do not reach for a defense. It doesn't matter what they did last year. It never holds up. Look at the Jaguars from uh, 2017. Look at the Bears from 2018. Last year's example is the Patriots. Everyone wants this mythical beast of a defense that's going to act almost like another QB in your lineup, putting up 15 to 20 points up per game. But it takes a remarkable run of luck to get those turnovers and sacks you need uh, from season to season. It can be depending on a run of your schedule, what kind of a week of teams you face week in and week out. Last year, the Patriots faced a lot of weak teams in the first half of the season. They were very valuable as a fantasy football defense then. They were dominant at times, putting up some massive numbers. They got the messy Jets without Sam Darnold. You had the Giants with uh, Daniel Jones just getting started as a starter. So you had the Redskins as well. But later in the season, what happened? It came to the Chiefs and Ravens and Texans. And they didn't fare well in those games. Gave up a lot of points, weren't as effective. So again, some things break in the schedule where team constantly seems to have great matchups. That's the type of team you want to identify. That's probably a team flying under the radar. No one thought the Patriots were going to do that. I think no one thought the Bears were necessarily going to be that dominant a couple years ago. And the Jaguars certainly were flying well under the radar there in 2018. I've made this mistake in the past as well. Like I've said, okay, I want to take care and get an every week defense. But the bottom line is any team right now that appears like an every week defense is not. And there's probably one out there that can end up being very valuable. So the only thing with defense you look at is... What are they going to do for me in week one there? And can I get a few extra weeks out of them early in the season with matchups and take advantage of that? So, again, wait on defenses uh, and uh, play the streaming game. And finally, last piece of advice, if you still have kickers in the league, do not draft the kicker before the last round. I don't care if you're bored and you don't like some of the players on the board. There's always someone that might have greater upside than that kicker that you can go after in round 16. Wait till round 17. That's usually where the last picks are made here to get that kicker if you must have a kicker and do draft a kicker if your commissioner in your league format calls for a kicker don't be that person where you get annoying and in an act of defiance say okay i'm just gonna force and try to find my kicker just take the kicker and play him that's part of your league if you have to stream him that's fine but don't get sentimental just get somebody you can plug in again week one that's going to help you score some points you have to flip that kicker four or five times through the waiver wire just please go ahead and do it but kicker and defense just don't put too much weight in those selections really focus on getting as many player options on your team with the upside uh, get some extra lottery tickets uh, those type of players a lot more valuable than uh, trying to uh, find the perfect kicker or defense for your team all right so there's a look at uh, all the strategy tips now let's start applying them shall we so Let's uh, get in a little bit into uh, how one first-round mock draft might play. Well, we'll start with number one. Uh, Christian McCaffrey is the easy choice here at number one. But Saquon Barkley, there's a fair argument for him. Remember, he was the consensus number one last year, and then Barkley had the injury, but he's fully healthy. 
They are going to more of a grinded-out running-style offense with Jason Garrett. We know Garrett's influence on Ezekiel Elliott being consistent fantasy football stud. McCaffrey is adjusting to a new offense. And uh, Joe Brady in a different situation. But you figure Teddy Bridgewater is going to be an upgrade over Kyle Allen and uh, Will Greer starting there for him. Uh, This offense has some potential. It had a big season at LSU. So I think in some form, McCaffrey-Barkley are your first and second picks. Debating, you could go on and on on who's more valuable. I'd say stick with Christian McCaffrey as the easy number one overall pick. It doesn't matter if you're in standard, half, or full point PPR. Christian McCaffrey is your choice because he does it all at a very high level in that uh, Marshall Falk home vein from uh, several years ago in fantasy football. All right, so that t- tells you that Christian McCaffrey should be the number one pick. All right, so we've dusted off a lot of uh, good plans for you. We'll uh, get into the Next 11 picks here as we uh, look at the first round mock draft in this episode. Uh, but first, I got to tell you, make sure you're checking out uh, the flagship show here on the Locked on NFL Network. There'll be Locked on NFL featuring former NFL and college scout Matt Williamson and hosted by Brian Peacock here on the network. Reality component on our network to complement this show, the fantasy football element for you in 2020. So we got you covered, uh, reality fantasy, all parts of the NFL here in 2020 and beyond uh, we've been doing this for a while we have a lot of fun doing it so check out locked on nfl all our team by team podcasts as well do a great job to carry you through the 2020 season we'll be right back here to wrap the show looking at the rest of our uh, picks in our first round 12 team half point ppr snake draft All right, so we gave you all our draft strategy tips overall before you dive into making picks. Christian McCaffrey, if you get the number one pick, draw that in the lottery. Don't think twice. Just go put in Christian McCaffrey's name and uh, just feel great about it all season long and enjoy the results here. So McCaffrey is a worthy number one. We talked about who's a worthy number two. I think there's a debate here whether you're standard or half, between Saquon Barkley and Ezekiel Elliott. Now, the interesting element, again, is uh, the fact that you had uh, the influence of Jason Garrett now with Barkley, and Barkley being a complete back. They did add Deion Lewis, but still, I, I would say which offense has the more potential to put up a lot of points? I would say it's the Cowboys, who has a little bit more consistency and durability. I would say that's Ezekiel Elliott. But in terms of upside and uh, powering through for some big numbers and maybe more challenging McCaffrey than simply beating out Elliott, that would be Saquon Barkley. So I think he lines up really well as the number two overall pick and the second running back off the board. Now that says easily that Ezekiel Elliott should be number three. I mean, he's just too consistent, gets involved plenty in the passing game. This is a high-volume offense. They're going to score a lot of touchdowns. Very consistent fantasy football back. You can... Just feel good plugging Ezekiel in your lineup week after week and uh, know exactly what you're going to get. Now, in the half-point PPR format, uh, I think you have to think a little bit more about pass-catching backs here. So the debate here can rage on, uh, and really it comes down to two saints, Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas. And I think with Kamara, he's in for a big rebound here. I think... He was admittedly not fully himself, had a uh, major surgery, had multiple injuries last year, still was very productive for fantasy, but the TDs certainly went down. I think those TDs go back up. He had six TDs. I think he'll have double digits easily. 
He had uh, just under uh, 1,400 yards from scrimmage, and that was banged up. So he only played 14 games, by the way. So I think he'll play a full 16. You'll see even a bigger role in this offense here. Uh, and Michael Thomas, if Kamara is healthier, that would say that Michael Thomas may not be as higher volume, especially with Emmanuel Sanders in there. So Alvin Kamara would be my pick if you're fourth on the clock here in the first round. That would suggest then just go with Michael Thomas. He acts and produces like a running back, certainly there, especially in half-point PPR. 149 catches last year, 1725, massive number in the nine TDs. The TDs could certainly go up for him, but those other numbers, he's just as good as it gets, catching passes, and that's not going to change here with Drew Brees, and now he's a little bit of help with Sanders, so you might see a little bit of volume drop, but still Thomas has to see a major volume drop to not take him there. Now, the next pick here... When do you take Derrick Henry? And I, I think it's between Dalvin Cook and Derrick Henry when you get here to uh, this spot. Uh, so we've got the top five, McCaffrey, Barkley, Elliott, Kamara, Thomas. So now you go Cook versus Henry. To me, the choice has to be Cook, especially because the pass catching. He's fully healthy and uh, should not be holding out here. So I just like Cook as a talent more than Henry. Henry is probably going to be eased a little bit. It's hard to duplicate a league rushing title. You also have Darrington Evans, rookie. So Dalvin Cook becomes the fifth running back off the board for me, and that's how you look at it ahead of Derrick Henry. Now, I think Derrick Henry definitely lines up as the number seven pick. Now this next one is a little tricky here that we get in. Do we go back to wide receiver or go to running back here? I think if you're in half-point PPR, you have to look at uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire of the Chiefs. I mean, he is a guy that has a lot of upside. Right now, he's going 12th there. And uh, half-point PPR there, in that format, he's a little higher. I think even in regular leagues, because he's the lead back for the Chiefs, I think you have to look at it pretty high. So, again, I want to look at guys that are going to have some feature touches. So, before we get into the Devontae Adams, who's going to be fine, Julio Jones, the world. I think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is a little bit undervalued there, uh, closer to 12. So at number eight, I would really look at him. Now I think you can make that run of uh, wide receivers to finish the first round. Tyreek Hill and uh, Devontae Adams is a good debate there. Hill can score a lot of touchdowns, we know, if he's fully healthy. But keep in mind, Adams also missed time last year. So both these guys only played 12 games. And you look at it, Hill certainly has the more exciting big play upside takeover games, but... Hill does have a little bit of competition with Travis Kelsey as the number one, while Adams clearly is the number one for the Packers. So I think to me, Adams, the consistency and the touchdown history that he's had before last season when he had to miss time with the toe injury, I think it's Adams over Hill here. So that now uh, takes you to the first 10 picks. Now, last two picks, I think Julio Jones makes a lot of sense. Even without the touchdowns, he's going to get a massive uh, volume of receptions here. 99, 1394 last year, 60Ds. That number can always go up. So to me, clearly Adams and Hill go ahead of Julio Jones. And to me, the guy rounding out things at number 12, and there's an argument that he could go ahead of Jones, is DeAndre Hopkins. He is just going to see a massive volume from the Cardinals. I know they've got other receivers, but they're all more by committee after him. Kyler Murray is really going to love Hopkins here. Hopkins can have also positive touchdown regression, so I think he can go over double digits. Only 1165 yards receiving. I think he'll have close to 1500 this year. So there's a fair debate to say that Hopkins should go ahead of Jones. 
But again, Adams and Hill, more for their scoring potential, go a little bit ahead of Hopkins and Jones. But Hopkins and Jones, good debate there at the bottom. But that makes it a pretty mighty top 12 here in half-point PPR formats, that's for sure. One guy that might go in the top 12 in uh, non-PPR is Nick Chubb, but I think you have to go with receivers there in the back end of the first round. So there you have it. That's how it might play there. So, so to recap our mock draft here in order you go christian mccaffrey number one saquon barkley number two ezekiel elliott number three alvin kamara number four michael thomas five dalvin cook six derrick henry seven here uh, clyde edwards hilaire our surprise at number eight and half point ppr number nine is uh, Devontae adams number 10 is tyreek hill number 11 12 Julio Jones, and DeAndre Hopkins. So that's it. There's a breakdown of your first round, uh, all our draft strategy tips as well. We'll get into the rest of the key rounds of your fantasy football draft. We said uh, five rounds are important, so that's what we will do there next week is we'll go uh, there. We'll take uh, two rounds at a time. So we'll look at round two and round three, which you want to do there, round four and five, then go into six, seven, and eight, nine next week. So we will break things down, specifically the kind of players you can target. Also think about who we got in the first round of each slot and kind of put that together as well. So it's going to be a good comprehensive mock draft, but we're going to slow play it so we can really examine how we're picking players here in 2020. Thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Fantasy Football. Now tell your smart speaker to play the most recent episode of Lockdown NFL. Have a great weekend and see you Monday with more mock draft analysis for rounds two and three for 2020.